Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Today we want to talk about the word praise. And it really struck my heart this week in our reading when we got to Psalm 50 and it was in the very first verse where it started, it, you know, it referenced about where the sun come from and where the sun goes to. And in that time, we should be praising him. And then I began to think about the continued reading. And after uh, Pastor Rob spoke last week and did such a great job with what he presented to us, he just quickly referenced the idea of the Shunammite woman. He said later uh, that she was referenced. Well, we read that this past week too in in, uh, 2 Kings 8, verses 1 through 6. Now I want to read it to you. And it's coming out of the New Living Translation. So just follow along on the screen if you don't have that. Just sit back and relax today and, and I'll read this for you. And it says, Elisha had told the woman whose son had been brought back to life. Take your family and move to some other place for the Lord has called for a famine on Israel that will last seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. So she she took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. And after the family ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to see the king about getting back her house and her land. Now, I, I guess I should have prefaced this. You remember... Elisha had to raise him from the dead, right? How he laid on him, his sent Gehazi to put his staff on him. And then when Elisha got there, he laid on him face to face, body part to, you know, just laid flat on top of this body. And the Lord restored life into that body. Okay. Verse three, after the famine ended, oh, I'm sorry. Verse four. And she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. The king said, uh, the king had just said, tell me some more, tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. And at that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and her land. Look, my lord, the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one that Elisha had brought back to life. And so the king says, is this true? And she told him the story. So my question to you today is, do you think this Shunammite woman knew how to praise the Lord? Do you think she ever stopped telling that story? I kind of just think that that story was told everywhere, every opportunity she had, that she was going to talk about what it was and what happened through the, through the man of God, through serving this God and how this God raised her son back to life. Do you think she ever stopped talking about that? Do you think you would ever stop talking about it if it happened in your life? So as I'm, I'm thinking about this and as I'm dwelling on it and thinking about what must have happened. And I know how I get when my kid does something really good. How about you? Or somebody in your family, you hear somebody in your family or somebody that you know real well, they do something and they, they, 
succeed at it real well? Don't you like to tell people about that? Don't you like to kind of heap some praise maybe on your, your child or your, your spouse or a relative of some sort or a dear friend, whatever it is? Don't you like to just tell them about what good has been done? I just don't think she could stop telling the story. He was dead. Look at now. Look at who's standing next to me. Let, let's let him tell the story because I'm sure he had quite a story to tell too because nobody was going to shut him up either. I'm the one that was dead, so they tell me, but here I am now. <laughs> All right. We're going to do something this morning. I need, I'm trusting I could get everybody. I would love to have 100% participation. I'm going to call it aerobic affirmations. Does that sound all right? Can everybody do this with me? Dads, moms, husbands, wives, look at each other. Look, let them know everybody is going to participate. All I want you to do with me, everybody just say the word hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it again. Hallelujah. How about praise the Lord? How do you feel? Say it again. Pray. Say either one. <laughs> Just say it. Just keep saying it. You know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. What happens? What happens? Yes, isn't there a little bit of an excitement? Can't you help but get a smile on your face? You can't say hallelujah. You know, with a, have you ever, have you ever under your breath said hallelujah? I mean, that just doesn't work, or praise the Lord. Now, maybe if you hit your thumb and you're doing your best to change your, you smack your thumb and <clears throat> praise the Lord anyhow. I'm not saying that might not happen, but at least you said praise the Lord at that time. But we're talking about praise this morning and this defining of what praise is and what we just experienced and what we just had a time, even through personal praise. Look at this psalm with me, Psalm 150. It doesn't get said, I think, much better than this. Psalm 150, verse 1, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Praise him with the strings and the pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. We heard some resounding cymbals today. And that's praising the Lord. Verse 6, let everything that hath breath, say it with me, Praise the Lord. Stand up with me. Let's sing it. I want this to get into your heart. I want it to be there, and I'm hoping it will be there when you walk out. <clears throat> Let everything <laughs> just swallow it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. 
one more time. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. It says we should, so we oughta. <laughs> Praise should be as natural to us as believers, as eating, as breathing, as drinking. We are told to praise the Lord in and for and with all that we are. If you look at that Psalm, in his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens, for his acts of power, with the different instruments that he's given us. In other words, we're told where, why, and how to praise him. And as we were here last week, and as we were taking this time of worship and of praise, and I guess there's a little bit of a concern this morning and over the last week that, that we can lose our gift of praise if we're not careful. And specifically, I want to just speak for a moment about when we have our time in our worship set, where we take time to offer up a personal praise. I can't tell you all the history, but I know that I, be I believe, and I do believe with all my heart that it was a gift that was imparted into this place years ago. And I've heard the story about Brother Jim James Beale coming up in NS service, just lifting his hands, and there was a different sound and a different type of praise that settled into Bethesda. And I have come to a place where I love it. In my house, the question was asked some years ago by one of my boys, why do we try to force that into every service? And my response then, as it is today, is this. I don't think it's ever forced. You can't help but want to praise the Lord when he's done something in your heart, when he's done something to change your life, when he's taken you from what you were and has you to where you are today. You can't help but want to praise the Lord. And this is the greatest opportunity to me. Amen. This is a great opportunity to me because now I get to worship the Lord the way I like to do it. I get to say what I want to say. I'm not begrudging any of the other things. I like the lyrics. I like the words that we have. But you know what? Whoever's leading worship isn't telling me what to say at that time. And I'm not having to sing maybe a lyric of a song. I'm able to sing with what's coming out that's inside of me. And if we get into this time and you're having a hard time with it, Oh, I just want to say, start saying hallelujah. Start saying praise the Lord. Praise, start talking about how great your God is. Start quoting some of the Psalms. Start quoting what you're reading in Scripture. Start praising your Lord because of what he has done for us. Have you ever done something and received praise for it? I think probably a lot of us have. I, I, I see Josie Jones sitting down here, and I just, 
We, we, we were blessed to have a luncheon this past Thursday. The Thursday service, there was a luncheon, and, and we were just thanking the people that helped put it on, and her and her team are just great decorators, and they decorated up the tables and everything like that. Well, I could have stood there and just thought, in my mind, wow, they did a really nice job with setting up these decorations on the table. And it really looked so nice. You know, it was really festive, really beach-like. They had straws that looked like bamboo, for crying out loud. It was really cool. But how would she have ever known I thought anything about it unless I told her, Josie, that was wonderful. That was great. What you guys did to make this luncheon, thank you for that. That's praise. That's praise in a fairly raw form, maybe, but that's just praise nonetheless. And so when we get into this time and we have this opportunity to, to offer up our praise to our God, this God that has done so much for us, I've attended other church services. I've attended mission trips. I've attended conferences where we go through a whole process and we, we bring this time of singing, we bring this time of praise, and, and after the last chord is struck, everything just stops. And there's in my heart just like, oh, let me continue on, let me praise, let me say something that just brings adoration to the Lord. That, so I, and I do that, but I would love to be able to do it with my lips. And we were in Mexico last summer, and uh, Liza was our worship leader, and I was like, well, Lord, go ahead, Liza, do this. And finally, we had to back off and say, all right, wait a minute. We've got a group here that doesn't worship quite like what we do, and we don't want to now try to twist their arm to make them do it that way. But let's be an example of it. Let's be an example of it. I remember bringing a friend to church when I was a kid. And I remember that friend being terrified when that happened. And I had that friend that wanted to leave the building in the worst way. I also brought another friend who was an older friend. He actually was a teacher that I had when I was in middle school. And I brought him, and he was a vocal teacher. And I brought him to our church, and the first time that he heard that praise, he was just blown away by it. Because he says, I'm listening, and I'm hearing all kinds of harmonies. I'm hearing all these different voices that are crying out and singing, and it's all in harmony. He couldn't get enough of it. Unfortunately, I didn't get to keep him around and, and have him serve with us, but he was exposed to it. And so what I want to do is just challenge you today, this morning, let's just take a few more scriptures and let's just look at them. And what I want is this to get inside of your heart that not only just during the personal time of praise that we have here in the church, but it should be in us everywhere that we go. Let's look at Hebrews 13 and verse 15. And it says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Says we will be judged by the fruit that we bear, right? Is the fruit of your lips praise to your God? Can somebody stop you from praising your God? Can you be in an environment where you hold back from praising your God? I hope that we, we get strong enough and we can go to all these different places and we're not ashamed to talk about our God. So I just want to look at a few things. The origin today of our praise. The writer of Hebrews begins verse 15 here with through him, 
meaning through Jesus, this is where all true praise begins. It's the concept of through him or or in him. It's the common theme of the entire Bible. We are told that in him we have been blessed, we have been chosen, we've been adopted, we've been forgiven, we've been born again, and we are secure when we invite Jesus into our life. Through him we have been raised, we've been redeemed, and we've been reconciled to God. It all comes back to him because he is our designer, he's our creator, and all good gifts come from him. So let's start looking at this praise as a gift that he's given to us to be able to do unto him. It would serve us well to realize that all creation is designed to praise him. And you might say, why, how do you say that? Why, I go back to the triumphal entry into Jerusalem when all the Pharisees came to Jesus and they told him, tell these people to stop. I said, well, I could tell them to stop. But if they stop, guess who's going to praise me? Even the stones are going to cry out. Do you understand? All creation is praising him. And as somebody once said, I'm not going to let any stone take my place of praising the Lord. And God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 22 and verse 3. He inhabits the praises of his people. So that's, you know, an origin. That's not all of it. I don't have time for all that, but just a touching on it. The object, the objection, I'm sorry. Objective, not objection. Good grief. The objective of our praise. Let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. You have a choice. What choice are you going to make? Are you going to choose to praise him or are you going to choose to ignore it? See, if I were God, I wouldn't have given you the choice. If I were God, you would have been praising me. (laughs) But of course, that's very carnal in thinking, isn't it? I'm not nearly divine. And God didn't want to force any of that. He wanted to give us such great gifts and he's given us such things through salvation through the gift of having Jesus Christ being the Lord of our life, that I can't help but want to praise him. The writer calls on us to voluntarily offer up our praise. To willingly lift it up. Kind of, if you've seen any of the old things or even in the, the I, I've, I've been in one of a Catholic church at one time when they all walk in their stuff and, and they placed it up on an altar. Kind of that same idea of taking your praise and placing it up on an altar. A higher place for a higher cause. Have you ever heard the expression about, you know, the pessimist only sees the cup, what, half empty, right? The optimist sees it, what, half full? How does a Christian see the cup? My cup runneth over. (laughs) It should be bubbling up inside of us. It should be coming up from the depths of our heart. And we want to lift up our best praise unto the Lord. 
I submit that when we offer something, it is something of great value, something that we love as opposed to something that we just kind of let go. Just doesn't happen. We have to offer it. We have to give it. It has to be part of our motive. And we have to do so continually. In Ephesians 5, it, it speaks of this when you're being filled with his spirit, when his spirit is coming in. It just doesn't happen one time, right? It happens on a continual basis, that, that flowing of his spirit inside of us. We're not just to praise him today. We're not just supposed to praise him when we get into the church building, when we're all together. It's a great time to do it, and I think we should be doing it because he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, and we need to be in church. The local church is very important to our lives. And being with our brothers and being with our sisters is a great thing, and we all need that, but you know what? It's even in the bad times, in the struggling times, in the ups and the downs, we are to be praising the Lord. This is our lifestyle. This is a mandate for us to be praising him. Life, this, this praise idea is really what we do, how we do it. We sing, we lift up hands. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. And then it becomes of who we are, people that worship their God. Psalm 113, verse 3. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, what's supposed to happen? The name of the Lord is to be praised. You know when you get to take a break is when you shut your eyes and you get a chance to rest. He understands we need to recharge ourselves. He understands that we need sleep. But if you're not sleeping, you better be praising <laughs> or it's a good thing to be praising. And I do understand there is those times, I think that's where we talk about this sacrifice of praise. There may be times where you walk in because of the news that you just received or the things that have just happened or whatever it may be, and it might be a little bit harder, but that does not mean that he doesn't deserve praise. It means I've got to change my attitude here. I've got to get into the right frame of mind because I want to and I owe him praise and I desire to give him that praise because all he's done for me. I'm so grateful that he didn't turn his back on us. In Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4, we're given a glimpse of God on the throne. In history and eternity, he is the object of unending and, un and energetic praise. You better learn how to praise him here because heaven will be boring. Because in heaven, we're going to be praising his name. So let's learn. Let's take this time that we have time now to practice this idea of praising our Lord because that's, what, that's going to be one of the joys of heaven. See, the truth is, none of us really have a problem with praise. We don't think anything about clapping for singers, clapping for entertainers, screaming our heads off for sports teams. In fact, we spend money. We spend a lot of money to go to some of those venues. And it takes a lot of energy, and it takes a lot of our time, and, and to be in that place that all of a sudden will get us excited and we may be lifting up our hands at a concert or we may be shouting all kinds of things 
at players and referees and different things like that at a sporting event or whatever it is. See, we don't have a problem with praising. (laughs) What we don't want is those objects become the focus of our praise. I'm not saying you can't go to a football game or to a, a, a kid's soccer game or to whatever it may be or to a concert and you can't get excited and have a great time. I, that's totally fine. But let's remember, let's remember where the source of our praise belongs. Never let that object become greater than our creator, our designer. Remember Psalm 50 that in all our ways we're to praise him. We're to praise him in and for and with. Praise causes things like standing, singing, shouting, clapping hands, raising hands, dancing, playing instruments, even testifying. And all these are done to the glory of the one that we're praising. And that's our Savior. As long as we get more excited about these other things, celebrities, sports, whoever it is, hobbies, the news, rather than our Savior, and we praise them rather than him, we're not going to make the difference in the world that we've been put here for. Do you know that we've been put in this place to make a difference in this world? Every one of us. And if I can just for a moment kind of reiterate what what Rob was just saying a few minutes ago. And if I can to everybody that, if you'll listen to me for just a moment, every one of you that are going to camp this week, use those days to praise the Lord and you worship him like you've never done before. This is like no other time in your life when you get away and you get away from all the distractions of your life and you get away from the, from the moms and the dads to the whatever. Hopefully you leave all your electronic stuff behind and start breaking that habit and get into a place where you're just focusing on your Lord and your savior. And I say that to not just the campers. I say that to the counselors. I say that to the leaders. And I understand you have to have some things there with you. But man, if you could put it aside, put it aside. Use this week to build friendships. If you're going and you say you have no friends, you will by the time you leave, if you'll apply yourself. And congregation, as Rob has admonished us, Will you be taking this week? Please take this week and pray for what's happening. Do you see this band up here? This is a pretty young band. I mean, if we're going to look at age, it was a pretty young band. But how accomplished are they? This is our church. This is our church. These are people that are are flowing and moving and operating in the body of Christ just like you and I are. They're very much a part of what's going on. And it's not days to come. It's now. And I'm so excited and they're going to be taking that type of worship and praise and they're going into this week and they're, don't minimize, please, as you're praying for them, don't minimize the time that they're going to be away because God can do 
what he can't do maybe in any other place than when they are solely there for the purpose of seeking him. They're going to have a lot of fun. They're going to play a lot of games. But you know what? The purpose of going to camp is getting this time away from every other bit of life that puts us into an environment where we're worshiping him. Please be in prayer. Please be in prayer for this group all week long. And lastly, I just want to share a few words that come to us through the Old Testament. I want to look at, there are seven Hebrew words. There's more than that. There's really 10 that I, that I was able to find in my study. But three of the 10 words really come from two of the root words from here. Matter of fact, one of the ones I'm going to share today comes from the root of it. But I want you to see these different words that we see in our Old Testament that talk about praise and the different ways. The first one is yada. This is a time for us to come with thanksgiving in our hearts and to lift our hands for his faithfulness. It's used in scripture 114 times in the Old Testament. And the lexicon, it's interesting, the opposite of what yada means is to bemoan, to be wringing of our hands, worry, concern. No, we don't come in and worship like that, do we? No, we come in and we worship like this. We lift our hands. We praise him. It's the praising with extended hands. And it begins to move from a very fleshly thing to a very spiritual thing as you continue in on it. The second word I want to tell you about is toda. This is a time of thanking God with hands raised for things promised but not yet received. It comes from the principal word of yada, and it's used 32 different times in the Old Testament. Again, raised hands. Then we have, and I'm going to say it very American, shavak. It's shavak. I can't, I can't growl or do it in the back of my throat like they do it in the native tongue. But this is celebrating our testimony of what he's done through shouts of triumph. Used 11 times in the Old Testament. We have been, or we have to be careful here. There can be shouting and it's, it's praising the Lord in a very loud manner. But I do want to caution us that we still be in order because anytime we start doing things that draws more attention to us in the way that we're praising than directing the praise to the one that deserves the praise, we don't want to be out of line, right? We want to be in line. Then there's the word Barak. Surrendering, surrendering our defenses and control and submitting ourselves to his leadership. And that can be done through kneeling. That can be laying uh, in prostration on the floor, laying just flat on your face. It's used 331 times in Scripture. And then there's another word called zamar. That's what these guys are doing with their instruments. They're plucking strings to make music, to, to sing, not just, not just the instrument itself, but even their voice with it, singing it, but mainly playing an instrument. And it's, it's used 45 different times. And then here's probably the funner one. Tehila, not tequila, tehila. This is general and public praise. 
It's singing songs and, and hymns of praise. This is about making known his glory, his fame, and his renown. And it's doing it corporately. And that's used 57 different times in Scripture, in the Old Testament. And then the last word that I want to bring to you today is halal. To rave, to shine, to be clamorously foolish, to make merry, to boast, to make a fool, to act madly, to act like a madman. That's what it says in the lexicon. I didn't make that up. Used 165 times in scripture. Of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is when David is with the people bringing the ark back in after they had brought it back from Obed-Edom's house. And his wife got all worked up because of the fool that he was making, the foolishness of what he did. Rather be foolish in the presence of my God. Right? So I say that to say, let's be careful in how we look at each other, but let's make sure we take the time when we have the time to worship, to sing, to praise the Lord. And we do it corporately. There's, that's just seven different ways that I presented, different forms, different ways of doing it. Not everyone has to be loud. Some may be kneeling. Some may be bowed. Some may be laying flat on their face, praising the Lord before us. And others might be a little bit more loud. In order, but louder. And thank the Lord, he's given us so many different ways to praise him. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord that we've been in your house, we've been in your presence. Lord, we've taken time to sing songs of praise and worship and adoration before you, Lord God, and we have lifted your name up. And Lord, if there's anybody that's in this place, maybe didn't use this time as effectively as now maybe they wish they would have. Or Lord, those that have come in and and had a great burden lift off of them because of the struggles of the day, the, the news that maybe they received from different reports, Lord. The struggle that they may be having financially. Whatever it may be in lives. Dealing with an adult child. Dealing with a young child. Dealing with a a parent that's maybe so sick or, or whatever it may be. God, I'm just asking that in this time that they will lift their hands before you. They will lift their voice before you and they will begin to cry out to you because Lord, when we begin to praise you, when we use our tongue, when we use our lips to praise you, Lord God, you said you are in that midst. Lord, you can bring the healing to those that need the healing today. We give you the praise. We give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take a minute and we're going to sing a song. And I would just like to ask all of you to just participate in it. And don't run out right away if you don't need to go. It's still have a few more minutes before we're typically done. But if you've came into this house today, 
and something drew you into this place and maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today can be that day and it's, it's one of those things that when we can admit that we need a Savior, when we can admit that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, how God sent his one and only son to hang on a cross for you and for me. I can remember, if I may, being at a camp service in 19, I think it was 1977. I can remember bowing my knee and saying, Lord, I am going to follow you all the days of my life. As long as you will be there and help me, I will follow you the rest of my life. He has never failed me. He's never let me even have to wonder about it. There's been times when I get away from him and I'm not seeking him that I begin to wonder in myself, but he's never left me. He said he's never forsaken me. And you can have that same type of thing. All it takes is admitting that you need a savior, believing in your heart. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he's been raised from the dead. And the scripture tells us you too can be saved. Will you all stand with me this morning? I'm not going to make anybody walk in front of everybody else, but I am going to just pray a prayer again if I can with one of you that may have said that. And if that's you today, you just could pray this in your heart too. But Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for bringing us to this place, this place where we are worshiping and honoring you. Lord, for those that are maybe here today have never given their life completely over to you, that today will be that day, that they'll make that admission, they'll, they'll believe in this Savior, they can confess with their tongue that you are Lord. Seems way too simple. That's what you said it takes. But once we do that, Lord, take some work then. Now we have to really follow after you. We have to walk after you. We have to learn your ways. We have to read scripture. We have to understand that. We have to be in a place where it's the word be, is being taught. Lord, if there's anybody in this house today that has just made that confession that they're a sinner, Lord, we thank you for the saving of their soul. Lord, for the rest of the congregation that's here today, Lord, I ask that you would just take our praise to a whole new level. Lord, that you'll continue to work in our hearts and that, Lord, we will continually understand day by day, Lord, as we move about that the praise of our God should be on our tongue. Help us, Lord, to not be like all those that maybe surround us that aren't believers that, that begin to grumble and moan and complain, that that will not become a part of us, but we'll still praise you through it. Lord God, I just ask that you'll move upon each one and we give you the praise and we give you the glory. Will you sing this song with me before we leave? And you take the way, take time to just praise him through one of these ways, if it's just lifting your hands or lifting your voice, bowing your knee. If you want to come to these altars, they are open. If you have made that confession today and now you're a little bit concerned about where do I go from here, come to the altar. We would love to pray with you. We have people that are here and willing and desire to pray with you to help you through that next step.